I'm Virginia Allen. I'm Samantha Sharris. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Tuesday, October 10th. Here are today's headlines. The war between Israel and Hamas continues today after the terrorist organization launched a surprise attack on Saturday, prompting Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to declare war against Hamas. Our colleague Tyler O'Neill reported on Monday that between 6.30 and 8.30 a.m. Saturday local time, Hamas militants crossed into Israel, according to the New York Times' timeline. Militants slaughtered Israelis and took some hostage as rockets spread devastation ahead of their incursion. Hamas militants shot civilians at bus stops, on roads, and in their cars, photos show, according to Israeli experts who spoke to the Times of Israel. Videos reportedly show Israeli civilians, including women and children, getting abducted and taken to Gaza. Two videos raise concerns of sexual assault or rape. Hamas militants attacked Israel on the last day of the Jewish festival of Sukkot, as well as the Sabbath day of rest and the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. Tyler also reported that Israeli soldiers report finding the bodies of babies, some of them decapitated, in the ruins of a town ravaged by Hamas terrorists in their surprise attack on Saturday. Israel Defense Forces posted a graphic to X this morning showing that over 900 Israelis have been killed by Hamas and over 2,700 Israelis have been injured. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden confirmed this afternoon that 14 Americans have also been killed. Biden spoke at the White House this afternoon about Hamas's attack on Israel. Let's take a listen to some of the president's comments via the White House YouTube page. You know, there are moments in this life, and I mean this literally, when the pure, unadulterated evil is unleashed on this world. The people of Israel lived through one such moment this weekend. The bloody hands of the terrorist organization Hamas, a group whose stated purpose for being is to kill Jews. This was an act of sheer evil. More than 1,000 civilians slaughtered, not just killed, slaughtered in Israel. Among them, at least 14 American citizens killed. Parents butchered, using their bodies to try to protect their children. Stomach-turning reports of being babies being killed. Entire families slain. Young people massacred while attending a musical festival to celebrate peace. To celebrate peace. Women raped, assaulted, paraded as trophies. Families hid their fear for hours and hours, desperately trying to keep their children quiet to avoid drawing attention. And thousands of wounded, alive but carrying with them the bullet holes and the shrapnel wounds and the memory of what they endured. You all know these traumas never go away. There's still so many families desperately waiting to hear the fate of their loved ones, not knowing if they're alive or dead or hostages. Infants in their mother's arms, grandparents in wheelchairs, Holocaust survivors abducted and held hostage. Hostages whom Hamas has now threatened to execute in violation of every code of human morality. It's abhorrent. The brutality of Hamas 
These bloodthirstiness brings to mind the worst, the worst rampages of ISIS. This is terrorism. But sadly, for the Jewish people, it's not new. This attack has brought to the surface painful memories and the scars left by a millennia of anti-Semitism and genocide of the Jewish people. So in this moment, we must be crystal clear. We stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. And we will make sure Israel has what it needs to take care of its citizens, defend itself, and respond to this attack. Jason Bedrick, a research fellow with the Heritage Foundation Center for Education Policy, wrote for the Daily Signal that the attack has been called Israel's 9-11, and appropriately so. Bedrick continues, as with America on September 11, 2001, Israel was caught off guard by a new terrorist tactic that caused an unprecedented civilian death toll. On a per capita basis, the Israel death toll is the equivalent of about seven 9-11 attacks. I had the privilege of sitting down with the Heritage Foundation's Victoria Coach. She serves as vice president for Heritage's Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy. And we discussed the war between Israel and Hamas. And I asked her about the Biden administration's response to the conflict. This is what she had to say. Sadly, though, we've had a lot of silence out of the White House. The president has not been forthcoming with remarks. There hasn't been much from the vice president. What we've gotten from the secretary of state, for example, has been deeply disappointing. Secretary Blinken put out a statement yesterday calling for restraint and supporting Turkey's efforts at a ceasefire, which he quickly took down, but that should never have been written. Mm -hmm. And that was the same message that was the first message out of the White House, out of the Office of Palestinian Affairs, whatever that is, Again, saying, you know, let's minimize civilian deaths. This is before the, the attack was even under control. You can catch my full conversation with Victoria Coates tomorrow morning on the Daily Signal podcast. We'll also leave a link in today's show notes for Jason's full article and commentary on the attack. In related news, pro-Palestine protests have occurred throughout the U.S., including in New York City, San Francisco, Atlanta, and Chicago. On Sunday, pro-Palestine protesters were in Times Square. Politico reported that the New York City chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America is facing a political firestorm after the organization promoted the rally. However, its leadership said yesterday that the group didn't organize the rally, Politico also reported. The protest prompted backlash from Democrat New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Ahead of Sunday, Hochul said in a statement that the people of Israel are facing violent terrorist attacks and civilian kidnappings. I condemn plans to rally in Times Square tomorrow in support of the perpetrators of these horrific actions. The planned rally is abhorrent and morally repugnant. Democrat Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York also weighed in on Sunday's rally in Times Square. Ocasio-Cortez said in a statement reported by Politico, that it should not be hard to shut down hatred and anti-Semitism where we see it. That is a core tenet of solidarity. The bigotry and callousness expressed in Times Square on Sunday were unacceptable and harmful in this devastating moment. It also did not speak for the thousands of New Yorkers who are capable of rejecting both Hamas's horrifying attacks against innocent civilians, as well as the grave injustices and violence Palestinians face under occupation. 
Meanwhile, on Capitol Hill, Democratic Representative Rashida Tlaib of Michigan had a Palestinian flag outside her office. Well, in speaking of Capitol Hill, it has now been a week since House members voted to oust former Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Just a day later, Republican Representatives Jim Jordan of Ohio and House Majority Leader Steve Scalise of Louisiana announced their bids for the speakership. CNBC reports that both Jordan and Scalise will speak with GOP lawmakers this evening ahead of a Wednesday morning vote to select a candidate. That candidate will then face a vote on the House floor, though the timing of that vote is still unknown. Republican Representative Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, who chairs the Republican Study Committee, said in an October 7 letter to his GOP colleagues that the House Republicans must unify and do it fast. It's clear to me that a three-man race for speaker will only draw this process out longer, creating further division, which would make it harder for any candidate to reach 217 votes. Hearn continued, for these reasons, I want two good friends of mine, Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, to have the opportunity to earn 217 votes from our conference. Steve and Jim are both former RSC chairmen and proven leaders. Time has reported that Scalise has about two dozen endorsements where Jordan has received the support of former President Donald Trump and more than 40 endorsements. Stay tuned. And for our final story today, a national pro-Palestine student organization is calling for a day of resistance on college campuses Thursday in support of brutal terrorist attacks on Israel, emphasizing that we as Palestinian students in exile are part of this movement, not in solidarity with this movement. That's according to reporting from our colleague Mary Margaret Olihan. A toolkit released by the National Students for Justice in Palestine calls for the Student Movement for Palestine Liberation to organize a National Day of Resistance on college campuses across both the U.S. and Canada. The organization did not immediately respond to requests for comment. The toolkit messaging also says this is a moment of mobilization for all Palestinians. We must act as part of this movement. All of our efforts continue the work and resistance of Palestinians on the ground. At least six chapters have already announced such events on October 12th, according to the Anti-Defamation League, including Arizona State University, University of Arizona, Butler University, University of Louisville, University of Bainton, and the University of Virginia. The Students for Justice in Palestine Toolkit says we must continue to resist directly through dismantling Zionism and wielding the political power that our organizations hold on our campuses and in our communities. We are asking chapters to host demonstrations on campus and in their community in support of our resistance in Palestine and the national liberation struggle, one which they play a critical role in actualizing. The document only mentions peace in terms of the Israeli occupation not being peaceful and doesn't call for the protests to be peaceful. If a protest is not possible, the National Students for Justice encourages other forms of engagement, such as a sit-in, disruption, or educational event. You can read more of Mary Margaret's reporting in today's show notes. 
And that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Daily Signal's top news. If you haven't had the chance, make sure to check out our morning show. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be sitting down with Victoria Coates of the Heritage Foundation to dive deep into what we are seeing in Israel and Hamas's attack on Israel. So make sure that you catch our conversation tomorrow morning as we discuss not only what we're seeing right now, but also the history that has led us to this moment. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for being with us today. Have a great night. We'll see you right back here tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.